happening? Is it is it real? Are we on? Are we live? I think so. I can hear your phone notifications. This is <laughs> so much. You know what? I don't understand how this radio thing works. Like, is it? I don't know. <laughs> Absolutely not. Hey, everybody. Hello, hello. Hello to the show. Welcome to It's Our <laughs> that Turn. Rhymed. <laughs> that rhymed. I've had a lot of caffeine, so get ready. Here we go. <laughs> what else is new, Aiden? <laughs> no. Well, what's new is I only drink two shots instead of the four I normally do. I've been starting to drink more caffeine because it helps with the mental processes and the humor. Right. I think that I'm much more funny when I talk faster. So, yeah, yeah, I keep telling yourself that. Um, Okay, so hey, welcome. It's our turn. (laughs) We, um, my name is Emerson. My pronouns are he, they. My name is Aiden, and my pronouns are they, them. And this is our show. It's our turn. Queers and cults. Queers in cults. That's what y'all. we are. We are queers. I think it's funny that it's the show's queers in cults, but we're not in cults anymore. I mean, arguably, I like society is a cult. Oh, talk about you starting the deep dive right away. Uh, you're not even waiting for the end of the call show. Call me a conspiracy theorist, <laughs> but <laughs> oops. Okay, we are deep diving right into it. Yeah. So before we get super deep into before it, before we let's, start, yeah, um, deep diving into anything, let's read some legal stuff. <laughs> that makes it sound so important. Well, this this section is important. it is important. Yes. Everything we're, we're le- saying is important. Oh, okay, you know what? You took that out hurt. of context. <laughs> <I'm just kidding. laughs> this is going to be fun. I feel attacked. <laughs> <laughs> so this, uh, this, this part is important. Um, we would like to acknowledge the original inhabitants of this area, the Weot tribe. We honor the land itself and thank the past, present, and future stewards of this land. The, this land acknowledgement does not exist in the past tense. Colonialism is a current, ongoing process and we need to build our mindfulness of our present participation. We all should take action to support our local indigenous communities. Go to honorfacts.org to find out more about whose land you're on and how to support these tribes and how to support those tribes. Excuse me. Um, and uh, in this show, we, we, I, I want to do some uh, content warnings. That's what it's called. In this show, we talk about religious and personal trauma. Our episodes often include subjects centering on manipulation, gaslighting, coercion, toxic masculinity, patriarchy, shame, guilt, brainwashing, emotional, mental, and physical abuse. All those, I will add to it that although all of those topics do not come up every week, every week there's the potential for one or more of those topics to come up. If any of these topics are things you don't want to hear today, please feel free to skip this episode. Your mental health is always the top priority. Um, okay, well... Let's get started. What are we talking about today? What's the subject? What's happening? Well, so the subject matter is choice. We're talking about choice still. Mm-hmm. We have been for this whole month. Yeah, well, and... except for last week because we had a guest, a special guest, and we just... Don't. We just talked. You just talked about we they, they, we because I was yeah. here. You were here in spirit. Yes. Yeah, I felt your presence. Yeah, no, I certainly, I certainly missed this no. for sure. Glad you took a mental health day. It was a, we missed it for yeah, sure. Yeah, it was a nice break. It it switched up the mundane. Yeah, monotony. Monotony. Mm-hmm. Thank yeah. you. Words. Um, I knew I'm picking up what you were. Putting yeah, down. yeah. The saying. That's that's what it is. Is that what young people these days say? 
Is that how them young people talk? The young folks. The youngins. Um, uh, yeah, it was nice. It was nice to take a break, but mm-hmm. it is nice to be back. Um, it's uh, so yeah. We're talking about choice. There is a lot. There's a lot to unpack about choice. There is, and you know what? Speaking of unpacking, yeah. Um, that this what I'm getting ready to say has nothing to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love the transition. But love you, it. <laughs> that's what we're known for. Good segues. So we're talking about choice. We've been, it's a theme that we're going through for this going over for this month. We want the, I mean, the main kind of underlying theme is more the lack of choice that you often have with religion mm-hmm. and in toxic religious environments, and the irony of how we are so conditioned to think that we have a lot of choice, when in reality, the whole point is manipulation and control. Mm-hmm. The whole point is. Um, a reduction of choice. Yes, exactly. And the dehumanization almost mm-hmm. of people. Like it's really every, I mean, every week I feel like I come up against the same challenge of how do I appropriately and accurately articulate how deep the control and manipulation really does go, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. and how, um, how intense it is and how long-lasting the effects are yeah um you know i'm still dealing with it today and i've been out of the church for years but it's it's something that really the um it really stays with you yeah yeah and it's so it's so so being in the church and being told that you have so much choice when in reality you really don't have a lot of choice yeah and so you get out of the church or you get away from that way of thinking, and suddenly you really have all of this choice, like down to choosing what you believe. Yes. Like you now have that much freedom. Yeah. It's, it then, like that extreme contrast to me just calls to like how affected it is because then when you have all of this free choice, and all of mm-hmm. these options, at least for me in my experience, I get stuck so yeah. Yeah. frequently. Right. We were we were talking about this this morning, but it seems like in the consciousness of humanity, the executive decision making mm-hmm. is is hard to do. Like choosing what food to eat for dinner. Yeah, how like the order of operations of like running errands. Yeah. Um, so it, like it, I totally interrupted, but, but I yeah, 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 want to yeah. clarify what you're saying before yes, you yes, move yes. on. So it, it's kind of like in addition to also doing things that you have to do when you're an adult, like when to shower, when to eat, yes. you know, like drink water, which I don't do, still don't do <clears throat> drink water, like eat food. You also now have all of this other choice on top of that, that's also like, what do I believe? And what are, you know, like, yes. what do I think? How do I talk? How do I stand? How do I no, look? How do I dress? Exactly. Yeah. Oh my God. Exactly. Yes. It, so it's this double whammy of like existential, like now you have all of this choice and like trying to find the balance of what you even believe. And also the physicalness of it, of yes. you are now an adult that you didn't think you had any choice about where you lived, what you do for a living. And, you know, we can get into the nitty gritty of, 
how much choice we actually have in those things. But like, yeah, I mean, that's a yeah. We're talking about choice that was given or taken away directly related to religion. Yes, not fucking society. Yes, <laughs> like, yes, that's a different podcast. That's very different. I mean, I'm sure we'll touch on it at some oh, point. Of course, but, we will. Um, so, but yeah, so just that like, it's very, it it's very hard to go from seemingly nothing to then like everything and then like everything yes. more. Yes. You know, I, I it's interesting because I think that when people, I think often it's assumed that when people in our situation um, come out of the church and leave the church, it's very much like a Maria and Sound of Music situation. Like, you know, they run out into grassy fields and spin around while someone sings the like hills are alive. Like you're suddenly yeah. free. Yes, you know. No worries anymore. <laughs> no worries. Yeah, yeah. And that's not what it's like. It's more kind of like um, <clears throat> walking out into the middle of like, you know, how New York City is portrayed on TV where there's just shoulder to shoulder people walking around. There's voices, there's sounds, there's cars, there's screaming, there's everything happening all at the same time. And it's more like this cacophony of of options and choices now that that not only just that's why I, I that's why I really liked the title the freedom of choice because <clears throat> first of all we were told that we didn't have a lot of choice we didn't have the freedom of choice we also then were like alternately I thought they put that on silent not vibrate sorry everyone who How just heard I know you. well it, it goes through <laughs> the mic and I know that as the person who edits this into podcast form, I know yeah. that when a phone vibrates, it's like, yeah. like not just this little like, dee dee. it's just, yeah, anyways. So we were taught that we, you know, like we, we didn't have a ton of freedom in our choice, but then we were also taught that there isn't freedom in choice. You know, that like freedom, we were, I think I mentioned this the last time we talked, how that we were taught, I was taught in Pentecostal Christianity that, uh, the only freedom came within Jesus and within serving him. Uh, so like the only yeah. freedom was in was in servitude. So, okay. so it was this kind of like, like we have all the, we have all the freedom to choose in the world, but we really don't. Also, there is no freedom in choice because you only are supposed to serve Jesus. So when I left that environment, I now actually did have the freedom to choose and there was all of this freedom in choice that I just yeah. didn't know what to do with. It was yeah. like, I, I finally, it almost came with an extra pressure. God, I don't know if I'm, I don't know if I'm articulating this correctly, but when I finally had the freedom to choose, I felt pressured to choose everything. Yep. And that was almost overwhelming, which is the extra layer of what religion does to you. It's not just about controlling you when they have you. It's about not preparing you, not giving you the skills to exist in any kind of environment outside of their religious structure. Yep. So that when you do experience something besides what you're ready for, it's terrifying and you want to go back. Yep. Because you don't to safety, to safety, to familiarity. It's fun. I mean, it's a fundamental aspect of of human behavior that we will choose familiar over like we'll choose what's familiar over what's good for us almost every time. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I think that a lot of toxic religious environments um, <clears throat> capitalize on that exact fact. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Well, and I don't know if they spun it this way with you 
but in Mormonism, another layer, I guess, or level is that, like, we were told that we, if we made the choice to choose this church, then we would have all of the freedoms, right? Mm-hmm. But in in that, it was also kind of spun in a different way sometimes that everything was already predetermined. Everything yeah. has been decided for you. Like God knows what you're going to do already. And so he, you know, he's all knowing and he's mm-hmm. all seeing. Mm-hmm. And, and so there's this yep. like, so then do I really have do choice? Do I have a choice at all? I, that was so confusing to me. Cause it was, it was portrayed very similarly. And <clears throat> as we were sitting outside that question of where did that choice go? Mm-hmm. Like, where did that choice go? Yeah. Like, where, where did it, literally, where did it go? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't think that it ever existed. I don't think that it ever really existed. I think that, I think that free will, as far as the fundamental structures of toxic religion, I think the concept of free will and choice is just uh, um, a... Uh, it's a tool. It's ultimately. a tool that they use to manipulate you. Yeah. The, the con- that concept is something that they use to like rein you in because yeah. it's not, it's not, we, it doesn't exist. We don't yeah. actually have, because it's impossible. You can't have free will while also having a predetermined life. Right. Those, that's not possible. And it, and it, and <laughs> right? It almost, like, am I, like, no, I mean, okay. I don't know. <laughs> I don't fucking know because these, this like, two extreme dualities existing at the exact same exact same time is something that my little human brain has just been like trying to wrap my head around forever and it's with some things like humanity and divinity i can completely understand that those two things are existing inside of this body right now mm-hmm. but the like choice versus predetermined math ultimately Mm -hmm. like as far as decisions go like what's the probability that i'm going to make this decision over that decision it's mind numbing and i think about it all the time well i think the probability is different than choice like you can study human behavior and you can study the likelihood of things happening and the probability of someone doing something can be guessed but that's not that, but that doesn't change free will. It's But we're still unpredictable. But you're still unpredictable. Why? Where does this choice come from, dude? I don't know. I'm <laughs> like tripping that, out on this right now. <laughs> I think that the... Um, I think this is my personal belief. Yeah. This is my personal worldview. Yes. Is that I don't believe in right or wrong as strongly as choices and consequences. Mm-hmm. Besides, I uh, you know... Because I think everything can be argued, you know, like there are some things that I feel like are fundamentally wrong. Um, But also there are certain time, there are certain situations where people can argue that, you know, those, those are, are not, you know, and I'm not going to name anything because that's not the point of this statement, but I believe in choices and consequences. And, you know, when that's when, so I don't necessarily, you know, like I will mention something like, like going to the movies. We were taught that going to the movies is wrong. Going to a theater was wrong. And the the reasons that we were taught that that was wrong was so silly. But well, Satan lives there ultimately, right? Satan lives there, and people make out in the back. Like that was Satan. Yeah, Satan. 
all that kissing. All that horny Satan. <laughs> <laughs> all that horny Satan. That's why we get along so well. Yeah, right. Um, but it's the, the like, the, um, I believe in choice and consequence. And I believe that the presence of free will is one of the strongest indicators of a lack of a divine creator. Because I feel like that inherently we want to control and if you create something it's because you want it to serve the purpose you created it for mm. and so the fact that we have free will and we can drastically change our environment to me is to me is a really strong indicator of the lack of uh, some divine being that created us does that make sense so what I'm hearing is you don't believe there's a God. I but the God in the definition of like it is a white man sitting no, in the sky that not. like made Earth no, I in do not seven that. days. I do not believe Whatever that. Whatever days mean. Yeah, I don't believe that changed. at all. Not even a little bit. I mean, agreed. Yeah. I I I don't know. I don't know. And if there is a God, it's not. Oh, it's not a white man. I don't think at all. Not even close. I mean. Do I go into the history of the Bible being complete bullshit, or do I not? I feel like that's a, a no. It's a, a different sinned. avenue. It's a different avenue. <laughs> and that would be a really interesting topic to go into about how like absolute bullshit the the Bible as we know it, not the, the original texts, but um, maybe the original. I text, mean, but... are I? I don't know. I'm rather skeptical. Human of again, everything. call me mm-hmm. a conspiracy theorist, sure. but. Um, I don't know. We we dig- there was something really good that we were getting to, and and we digressed. That, sorry, my phone. I keep turning it on silent, and it keeps making noise. Sorry, I apologize, all of you listeners. But um, yeah, I yeah, that's that's a that's a that's that's definitely like a full episode right there, talking about like the origin of of. Um, the Bible and the text oh my and where they God. came from and who wrote them and when they yes. wrote them and what they wrote them about and all of that. I'm writing that down right yeah, now. Yeah, you should write that down. Because that's a that's a that's a deep dive right there. But um I do I do feel that uh going back to what I was saying, I do feel that like that we do have choice, that our lives are not predetermined. Um I and I don't know if that's because I think also worldviews are directly in proportion to our, um, are often in direct proportion to our need for survival or need, like, like oftentimes we had worldviews that reinforce what we need to believe to get through the day. Right. You know, does that make sense? Yeah. And I need to believe that someone isn't controlling me. I need yeah. to believe that someone is not. That, Listening to your thoughts yeah. every second. And that there, there can't be. Uh, that's why I also really hate the concept that everything happens for a reason because I don't think that I think that concepts are universal. So if every good thing happens for a reason, then every bad thing happens for a reason. And I've had a really fucked up life and I'm not interested in (laughs) participating with anyone or anything that did all of that to me on purpose. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, yeah, I like, yeah, like it's, it, it kind of it is goes laughable to me at this point, you know, like I'm not absolutely not, you know, that that thought of like everything happens for a reason <sighs> kind of goes along with the whole like 
I don't even know. I just super lost my train of thought. Oh, that's totally fine. But I all the time. I just I I I feel like there's it, it, how how humans at least like make life so personal mm. that mm-hmm. that at least this is like I don't know a, a goal of mine or like a preference of how I choose to see the world and what happens to me ultimately is that we like the things that that we experience in our lives whether good or bad there is a positive and negative to everything i don't yeah. know if i'm making you any are making sense. a lot of sense <laughs> i'm just thinking about how i'm going to respond that's <laughs> 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 just all i'm 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 it's making sense i'm just already thinking about you know it's my adhd brain i'm already, yeah. already thinking about what i'm gonna say <laughs> sorry i just there's just as far as choice goes, like, yeah, let's say, because you were, uh, okay, here we go. Yes. So you were saying about choices and consequences, like yes. it's not necessarily right or wrong. Yes. And so like, yeah, let's say you make a decision that that a bad outcome yeah. comes from it. Yes. But there had to be something that you learned from that situation. So whether it was quote unquote wrong, you still got something from it. So therefore, yeah. was it? wrong then and so it's just that Mm -hmm. like shift in perspective of like it's not like it's not that in all of these choices that you have that there is a capital r right and a capital w Mm -hmm. wrong choice it's that there are like it's like trial and error like we're all just figuring it out you're making a decision it doesn't turn out right so what did you learn what can you do differently that you know, like you've learned something from it. I, I guess, yeah. I so don't know. <laughs> on that, so then the way I the way I would see it is that like, so I make a choice that is not inherently right or wrong, and then a consequence comes out of it that doesn't particularly benefit me, but I learned a valuable lesson. So was any part of that process good or bad or right or wrong? It was just a process. It was just a process. It was just a process. It just was. You it were just, just living life. Was it yes. just existed? Yes. It, and 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 so that the one of the first things I had to do to deconstruct religion in my brain was to remove that concept of good and bad decisions oh. and right or wrong, um, because everything felt wrong. Yes. Everything. Every single thing from like this sounds silly but this is how my life was eating candy before noon all the way up to like you know like really big huge quote-unquote sins Mm -hmm. everything felt wrong so I had to deconstruct that and realize that if I make a decision that doesn't have a that doesn't have the outcome I wanted, that doesn't make it a bad decision. That doesn't make me a bad person for making that decision. There was no inherent evil intention. It just is life to choose a path and walk down it and see where it goes. And then if it doesn't go in the direction you want, doesn't go in the direction you wanted it to, then you change the path because you always have that control and you always have that opportunity. Always. Yeah. A- always. Yeah. And. Relatively. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, Going back to what I was saying about how you ultimately have one choice, and that is to choose the church or to not. And so especially getting out of the church, because you aren't making that choice, 
of choosing the church, mm-hmm. of course every decision is going to feel wrong. Yes. Because there is no right decision outside of the church because that means damnation. Yeah. And that's like hardwired yes. into your brain. And so it's not just choosing what you're eating for dinner. It's not just choosing when you shower and like, let alone the judgment that is yeah. attached to all of these mm-hmm. decisions. Every decision. Every decision. Yeah. But it's that, of course, everything is going to feel wrong, especially like fresh out. And like the farther away you get from the church, the easier it's going to be. Like it gets yeah. easier. A call to all it y'all. <laughs> like it just it gets takes a easier. Long time. It, it will get those those thoughts, those hooks that they have in you eventually will fade. It's kind of more. It, it resembles more of like you digging your heels in and resisting them pulling as opposed to if mm. a bad dream fading away. Like it's not, it's an active decision to constantly resist, you know, but it does get a little bit better. You know, the visual that I just had when you were saying hooks that they have in you is maybe this is graphic, I don't know, but like little glass fishing hooks, like tiny, teeny, tiny, but they're so pretty, but they're like all ensnared like Mm -hmm. in your back and as you're trying to walk away, they're like, and the more, like the longer you've been there, the more hooks you would have. The Mm -hmm. younger you joined, the more you would have. Some are obviously thicker than others, like, you know, the symbolism there, whatever. But the further away you get, they eventually snap or like break off of you and you know you might even notice them and snip some yourself but like kind of a a similar visual of leaving the matrix but still having the thing in your neck like you still have baggage you still have trauma Mm -hmm. from being told that this is the way of life period there is no there is no other way of life there is no other choice and I think it's really important to maintain the maintain the um, the visual of that. Like it's a really good visual be- for two reasons. One, like you can't always reach the hooks yourself. Someone yeah. else might have to help you with that, and that's okay. That's how healing works. And two, that there's always hooks. It like even if the string snaps, the hook's still there, and there's always that potential for someone to come along and grab it again. And that is a really hard thing to avoid. Yeah. And that, that sometimes it's easy to get, like, you're like, why, you know, like, why did I allow myself to get caught back up in this again? Well, you didn't. There's a hook in your back and someone grabbed it. Yeah. You know, like, it's not. Yeah. Again, the positive, the flip side to that, like, there's no right or wrong is that there's no right or wrong. So, like, when you make a decision and you fall back into a pattern, it's it's a pattern mm-hmm. that was forced upon you because of trauma you didn't make a bad decision and then, you know, the devil influenced you and you fell back into a hole. Like, and that's something I wanted to mention too, is that when one of the things that like still to this day bugs me is that when you make a decision and you walk away from the church and you kind of remove yourself from that environment, nobody wants to fucking acknowledge all the amazing things that happened to you during that time. Yeah. But as soon as soon as your car breaks down or as soon as you have a health issue, as soon as you have to move out or your landlord evicts you or you're, any you lose your job or stumble, anything. any trial or tribulation. Well, see, that's because the Lord, you don't have the Lord's blessing on you. If the Lord was blessing you, then he would, then that wouldn't have happened to you. And it's like, no, 
people lose their jobs. Christians lose their jobs all the time. Yeah. Like fires, Atheists tornadoes, lose their job. Yes. Too. Like, <laughs> like what, like who was watching over the Christian that lost everything? Like, like it's no, that's not what happened. I just, I, it's that. And that, and that's a real, that's a mindset that I have a hard time with is that every time something really disastrous happens to me, I'm always have to wonder, Oh, is it because they're right and I'm wrong? Yeah. When you're in those really vulnerable hurting times you yeah know, like maybe jesus would have made this better it's not that's not true it's not it is absolutely not true you know yeah yeah and going back to what to the visual of the hooks you know if someone if you know if manipulation happens again where you're you know in this same cycle that someone takes an opportunity to grab one of your hooks mm -hmm. again maybe one of those like steps in healing is that you get some help and someone cuts that hook out of you, yeah, totally. and you and you notice it so much where you're like okay this is not going to happen to me again yes. i'm breaking this cycle that's a, yes so good yeah and and yeah i just i think i think that the more you're aware of the easier it's going to be also yes. like the further you get from that toxic thinking and the more you're aware of and the more really quality people you surround yourself with it's key i think you're bringing up a really good point that a lot of times is over overlooked in that in that <clears throat> sometimes we don't always know there's a hook there you know have you ever like had a splinter or had a rock in your shoe or had some kind mm -hmm. of pain that you're like, like it's so small and it's so minimal that you're not particularly aware of what it is. But every once in a while it comes back up and you're like, why does that fucking hurt so bad? And then when you, when you, you know, you stop, you, you take a moment and you figure out what's you causing the pain. You poke around a little yeah. bit. Yeah. You figure out, oh, there's something here that's causing the pain. I think it's really important to um, remember that we don't, there's so, there are so many hooks in you and there's so much trauma that, that has happened to you that we, we are not always aware of the type of trauma and the type of pain that we're dealing with, which is why support systems, groups, therapy, yeah. um, education is so vital to the healing process because yes, you're going to you know, even if you're doing your best to heal from what you know about, there's still a lot that you don't know about that you still have to heal from. Yeah. And the yeah. more you learn, the more you will be able to start the healing process for those things. Uh, I mean, I've been out of the church for, oh God, since before 2014, you know, like yeah. probably a solid, you know, between eight and 10 years minimum that I've yeah. been out of the church, I'm still learning about new things every day. Like, little hooks. Yes, little the, things. And I'm like, I didn't even know that was a thing. And and there are some that are like, you know, two, three inches big. And mm -hmm. then there are others that are like cacti spine little size. Little teeny tiny little needle. That are causing know, yeah. so much underlying discomfort in yes. everyday life. But you mm -hmm. can't feel it until you feel it. Yes. I don't know. Yeah. And, <laughs> and it's sometimes like that, you don't. It's like when something hits a nerve. You know, you're like, yeah. like, like you can have a, a big splinter in the middle of your arm and it'd be like, oh, that's not bad. But then a teeny tiny little splinter hits this teeny tiny little nerve and you're incapacitated. Yeah. And those are the things that are often difficult 
to deal with. Those are the things that are often the the most challenging to really overcome. Yeah. Uh, okay. So as far as this, we're just gonna like keep driving on Absolutely. this visualization. Mm -hmm. So the bigger hooks for me, like an example of a bigger hook for me was like, and of course there's like some some days. Some days are better than others. Obviously, yeah, it's not course. just like. It's cut out of me, so I'm fine now. Of course. But one of the bigger hooks was just accepting myself as a trans person. Yes. And being okay with realizing that I don't fit inside of the binary anymore. Mm -hmm. And that isn't a weakness. Like, this difference that I have from a lot of, maybe not even a lot anymore. I mean, I feel like the binary is getting dismantled a little bit. Yeah. So, like, but, but people that go unchecked like that don't question the binary mm -hmm. a lot of those folks like i i have that difference but that is not yes. a weakness yeah so that's a bigger hook but one of the smaller like cacti size that are just like pinpricks but so discomfort it's pleasure in, in any general. way in yes feeling get letting myself feel good mm -hmm. particularly physically but yes. like also mentally that's so hard for me it's almost triggering to feel right good. Yes. what the fuck well i have i don't i don't know if this is just me thinking all the time and this is what i've come to conclude or if i've actually learned this but but for me being raised in an environment that i was we you know, Jesus was everything. We were nothing. Right. We were made from dust. We were literally dirt. Jesus was the only thing that mattered. So if we were feeling pleasure, pleasure was inherently from Satan because the pleasure, physical, yeah, the any, humanity, any kind of pleasure, any kind oh. of happiness, we were only supposed to experience joy within the context of Jesus. And if we were experiencing joy or pleasure outside of the context of Jesus, it was sinful. And it was drawing us away from him because all attention was supposed to be given towards Jesus. All positivity was supposed to be because of him. Right. So all happiness in turn and joy was supposed to be directed to him. So f being so consequently what that looks like in everyday life is that being happy is wrong. Being happy in any capacity, whether it's fucking really enjoying your coffee or 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 finding a partner that you love or having really good sex casual or otherwise right it didn't no matter what extreme it was it was wrong because you were happy and you weren't being happy for jesus you weren't making that choice to stay in the church which gave you which gave you all of these freedoms and so mm -hmm. therefore any choice yeah, yeah yes yeah exactly everything happens within the context of religion so anything outside of the context of religion including happiness is wrong is inherently wrong like as queer people or you know folks that live outside of what society deems quote unquote normal. Yes. We can deep dive into so many different aspects yeah, of that of sentence. Course, of course. We know what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, that in being in having this identity or this like unique outside of the quote unquote norm perspective, that that alone has was kind of a catalyst mm -hmm. to help urge or like, you know, like the religion didn't necessarily feel right. And so that caused us to question the church and my response to that is prop 8 
Yes. Prop mm-hmm. 8 is like a big... It was a big catalyst it was for a, you personally. Yes. As, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It, it, I, I listen, again, the podcast that I will mention... Plug for Mormons on Mushrooms. (laughs) Here it is. Yeah, I love it. Um, I was listening to it, and a lot of people, I even think one of the hosts, like it was a catalyst for Mm -hmm. them to be like, but I have a lot of queer people that I love, and I'm supposed, like, their marriage isn't worthy. Yeah, totally. So, so yeah, Prop 8, I think, was a big catalyst for people because it, and it's funny that I don't think churches or religions were really looking for that response that like polarized response yeah. because they i think were expecting everyone to just follow them blindly mm-hmm. right yeah oh yeah and i know that the mormon church put in a lot of money like they might have been don't quote me on this we don't have fact checkers don't <clears throat> come at me but they put a fuck ton of money toward that campaign mm-hmm. um and I chipped in for a first part of it. Of course, absolutely. <laughs> well, I, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. I mean, I just like, as soon as I started questioning it, like, you know, cause we were told, like we were told how to vote. We were told what to vote. Yeah. And that, because it was always taught to me that church and state are so different. Like we escaped religious persecution to come to this country to have our freedoms and whatever. And it's like, not really because everything we were talking about that we had a freaking episode about it, about how close church and state still are. 100% are and one narrative reinforces the other. Yeah. Yes. And they work really well together. Like they are a power couple through the ages. dude. Like it's, (laughs) It, and it's hard to argue with, but like I, I lost my train of thought again. Oh, it, was, it's, it's just, it didn't sound like it. It was a really, it was really good. And and the, I mean, you know, I think we've talked about it before. Where, you know, I I remember being so deep in religion. Like I remember voting. Uh, I can never remember against Prop Eight. Prop Eight was to legalize marriage. Okay. Yes was for the sanctity of marriage. So yes was for man and woman, quote unquote. Yes. No was that queer people's marriage are valid. Okay, so I remember voting yes on Prop 8 and feeling horrible about it. Yeah. Like really feeling shitty about it. And I remember that being a moment of like, okay, I'm going to do this because this is what I'm told to do, but it's not right, you know? And the, you know, what I was thinking... <clears throat> was that uh, as queer people or people, you know, we both identify, I think I can say this, we both identify as queer and yeah. people that are beyond the binary. And that was this built-in contradiction. So from day one, you know, we were learning about how horrible pe- being queer, being outside of the norm, quote unquote, was. Mm-hmm. And so we had this natural built-in contradiction, this this compulsion to to um, question the norms because we <clears throat> wanted to be ourselves. We wanted to just, for you know, and for me, I, this is. I always think it's interesting when people talk about the quote-unquote queer agenda uh, or the gay agenda. Let's talk about an agenda, shall we? Yeah, I, one of my favorites is when. Is when someone said, when someone said, when was the last time a gay person showed up on your doorstep 
promoting um, the, you know, being gay. Or sent you th- multiple <clears throat> ooh, flyers. Time. flyers in the effing mail. Dude, yeah. somehow this. Ooh, okay. Mm-hmm. Rant time. Are yeah. you ready for ready. it? Some Jehovah's Witness <clears throat> sent a letter to my home with my dead name. I don't know how they found my dead name with my current address, mm-hmm. but then it was just like, if you want to find love, here's how to find it. And in this religion, Jesus is here for you if you just come to him. And it's like, Salt in the wound, in yeah. the old ass wound that's yeah. like already struggling to yeah. heal. <laughs> exactly. It's like a fence on top of a fence on top of yeah. a fence on top of a fence. And you're trying to tell me that you're trying to make me want to come to your religion, to to buy into your religion, and you don't even have the decency to respect me for who I am and where I'm at. Like you don't you don't even have the capacity, the knowledge, the education, the desire to want to just respect me as a human being who exists on the planet and you want me to sign up for your religion because Jesus loves me, I'm going to, uh, that's going to be a big fuck no for me. No. You know, like absolutely <laughs> not. And, yeah. And <clears throat> this, the, the, um, the, I, I can't remember where I was starting with the whole, with the gay agenda. Oh, the, the, I, I always think it's interesting when people talk about the gay agenda, like that when, when you, this, quote unquote, decide to be queer, that it is always in direct opposition to something that like, oh, you're just being queer because you want attention. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, I want it. Everyone wants attention. You fucking idiot. That's yeah. why you, you know, that's why you're up in the front of the church, you know, proclaiming, proclaiming loudly that you love Jesus every fucking right. Sunday. You want attention. Oh my like God. that's what we all want attention. We're humans. But it's like being queer is you want attention or you're just it's because you hate me or it's because you hate religion or it's because you want to shame your parents. No, I just want to exist. I want to exist and I want to be happy about it. Yeah, I want to exist and I want to feel good about myself. Yeah, all I want to do vulnerable moment here. All I want to do is look in the mirror and like who I see and speaking about choice. This is one of the biggest issues I have. Speaking of choice, I never got the fucking choice to learn how to do that. Yeah. I never got to choose to learn how to love myself. No one ever taught me how to do that. No one ever showed me how to do that. All I've ever wanted was to just fucking like myself. That's my agenda. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like, And I feel like that's that is. I mean, if we're going to, I mean, maybe not speaking for the whole queer community, but in a lot of ways, that is the queer agenda is to love yourself no matter what that looks like. And yeah, going back to like, as far as growing up, it wasn't even talked about like homosexuality, how they defined it. It was never talked about. It Mm -hmm. was just something that wasn't ever brought up. So therefore it wasn't an option. It was a choice taken away from me before I even had a voice. Right. And so totally. Absolutely. And so this like now we are like here doing prop eight and we're working against these people like okay a shitty like teenager moment of mine that i thought i was like such a badass for Mm -hmm. i went around the neighborhood because like you know the stupid little like wire framed 
like cardboard flyer things that are like vote for this person or like no on this proposition or whatever. Yeah, like the ones you stick in your yard. It's pretty. Yeah, yeah it's pretty yes, popular yes, yes. in like drier places where it doesn't rain all the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, so there were these like. I was like, the only posters that exist here have to be laminated because of the fog and moisture. Exactly, <laughs> but in SoCal they could be like actual yeah. cardboard and they would live forever. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um. So there were like a ton of those of for no, which was for equality, marriage yes. equality. Mm-hmm. I went around the neighborhood and I like <laughs> like ripped them out yeah. and like threw yeah. them on the other side of like yeah. their neighbor's yard yeah. or some shit. Yeah. And I'm just like, <laughs> I'm doing the Lord's work. <laughs> oh my God. Oh my God. Oh my God. That sounds like this like, oh, funny, silly little teenager story. But that is a huge thing that being mean and horrible and being an asshole not saying that you were but this is just in general yes but you all we always had to be nice and thoughtful and because we're always being an example for jesus christ unless it was against someone who should know better so well it's fine to yeah it's fine to vandalize because it's It's against your cause it's against it's against christianity and christianity is the default so it's okay to be mean to um, it's okay to be mean to that barista because they got a shit ton of tattoos and piercings. So they're obviously, they're obviously a heathen. They're obviously going to hell. So we anyway. can be yeah. They don't fucking care about my religion. They're so not I can human. Be, yeah, exactly. That concept of like I can be an asshole to people who obviously aren't going to heaven. Yeah. Like that concept, that under like that unspoken rule, is like the definition of toxic you know like it is you like 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 it's interesting for me for my you know my worldview is i don't believe that there's necessarily right or wrong or you know good or bad there's just choices and consequences but and i have a saying too that that i i I live by which is that we're not responsible for knowledge we don't have but as soon as we have that knowledge we're 100% 100% responsible for it. Yes. There's no like, it's not like, well, I know, but I just wasn't used to it yet. No. If you don't know, not responsible. Now you know, 100% responsible. And I use that often in like pronouns or, yes. or, um, yeah, pronouns basically. It's like, like, oh, you didn't know my pronouns? That's fine. Here's what they are. Now, now you know. You know. And you're There's 100% a responsible for now. that. Yeah, exactly. Yes. yes. And, um, and, uh, the, Oh God, I hate when I get so so far from my point. I can't remember where I was going with it. <laughs> but the uh, um, oh gosh, I did it again. I did it again. Where was I going um, with that? Um, um, I know I was talking about how Christians being assholes and it being okay. Um, I can't remember. It was going to be a really good. Well, point. I'll okay, remember in a second. Okay, so I was like a shitty teenager, ripping up signs, mm. ripping out signs, whatever. Which could like easily be- have been put right back in. Um, but, and then you were talking about how we're supposed to be this like pacifistic existence, but until it's like in opposition to someone who isn't with our cause. Yeah, it's gone. It's okay. Not, yeah. That's fine. We have to just move on. That's fine. <laughs> I mean, hopefully I'll remember. <laughs> I'll remember it when I'm editing and I'll be like, ah, fuck, that would have been good. That would have been a good thing to say. (laughs) (laughs) Damn it. But, um, but, uh, the, 
I, you know what? Let's just go back to the original point. Kind yeah. of really getting annoyed that I can't remember what it is. I hate you. Know you what? will come to it. Let's just go back to the. So. Let's just go back to the point, and as soon as we get onto a different topic, you'll <laughs> well, remember. remember. It. Yeah. <laughs> what I was gonna say. Um, that it's just bugging. Can you tell it's bugging me now? Yeah. Anyways, you're like hella distracted. I'm so annoyed because I want to. Re- I was something s- intentional that I was gonna say, and I really. This is something like mental illness. This is one of the things about my mental illness that really bothers me is that when thoughts just leave, they just yeah. leave. It yeah. really, really <laughs> irritates me. But the it happens um, to the best of us. The the um the the con being queer being like a built-in contradiction uh, was really kind of the catalyst that forced me like it 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 was a predetermined foundation on which I could build my life outside of religion yeah and when you don't have that so it's hard because it's kind of like two sides of one coin because being queer like, yeah, my life would have been a lot easy for, easier if I wasn't queer, but I also might have never come out of religion. And that isn't good. I wouldn't have wanted that. You know, so it was this predetermined, this predetermined, that's not what I mean, but like a, it was a, a, a catalyst for me to come out of religion, to separate from religion. That was like a, the foundation was already there for me. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas if you don't have that, you may be, it may be harder to find that catalyst. Like what would that catalyst be for you? I think, well, like you were saying, prop eight was a catalyst for a lot of people who weren't queer, but in religion, they were like, this is, this is a fundamental that I, yeah, that I like, this is the first time that you're, that it was really in your face that religion was supporting something that was a human right. Yeah. That was against a human right. Yeah. You know, like there were like, if it wasn't for Prop 8, how many people would have never been faced with that reality? Yeah, like you know? that was a tool of their making and also in their demise in a lot of ways. Yes, like absolutely. that was a that it was backfired. an exodus. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And I've and I feel like there's there's a lot to be said about how how much um how much political jargon is said in churches i mean it yeah i'm not even there anymore and i know for a fact that the shit my brother is getting is not the same (laughs) as what i was getting but it just i don't know it kind of brings up the whole question of like the extremely controversial element of choosing to be queer or not like it's yeah and one of all that it's a Oh my God! So many layers. One, one of all that it's a choice. Two of all that Which it's we, we we're gonna we're gonna deep dive okay, into I was these like, aspects. I just wanna, yeah. Okay. Cool. I yes. just want to make sure that clarify. We do not believe that being queer is a choice. We're yes. we're gonna we're gonna expand we're gonna there, on these. Cool. But it, it. first, like one of all that being queer is a choice or not. Two mm-hmm. of all that. Um, fuck. We really need to take better notes. <laughs> the but, between the two of us, I'm surprised we finished the thought at all. I know. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, uh, what did I say that you was... You said, first of all, that being queer is a choice. And then second of all, and then where, where were we going? Well, what did I... <laughs> this is 
<laughs> this is what our lives are like, people. This is what it happens. This is this how is religion like. affects you this, okay. every day. <laughs> okay, I know we're joking, but the, like I, I know we're joking, but I've been I've been um, in my life currently right now. I am on a very active um, journey and path towards my for my mental health, and I'm very much like I'm. You know, I'm I'm trying to get therapy. I'm going talking to my doctors. I'm talking to psychiatrists about medication, and like I am on an active, like an active process, an active process to, change to treat my mental men- health. Yeah. Yes, yes. Um, because um, uh, one of the things I've been diagnosed with is PTSD, specifically CPTSD, which is complex post-traumatic stress disorder. And complex, the difference between complex post-traumatic stress disorder and, and post-traumatic stress disorder is that complex. Um, specifically uh, is caused from childhood trauma. So complex, to my understanding, the book I read that, you know, this is just my understanding. Again, we're not fact-checking anything. Don't come for us. I'm speaking from my experience, not from a place of of given education. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, That, so it's it's, uh, specifically from childhood trauma, neglect, abuse, you know, that kind of stuff. Which I had all of them. This was a, a really, a, a, a quote unquote, funny, sad moment, which is when I, my last therapist and I, we went through this this book that was specifically about uh, CPTSD. And it was like, here's a list of all of the things, any one or two of these things, it was a long ass list, like a dozen or something. Um, any one or two of these things, if you experience one or two of these things, you qualify for having P- CPTSD. I experienced all of them, (laughs) like every single one of them. And my therapist was like, so which one of these of these lists do you feel that you have experienced? And I was like, well, all of them. Yeah. And she was like, I was thinking that too. Yeah. Like I literally (laughs) went through all of the things. And so PTSD, um, PTSD causes legitimate brain damage. For, yeah. Know, so I also learned, I read an article about how um, if you t- take an MRI from someone who has had a concussion, like a really like a really bad concussion, the ones that have like long, long-term yeah, effects, yeah. and you take someone who has experienced PTSD, the MRIs look the same. Oh, no way. So the damage that PTSD does to your brain is on is like very, very similar to a concussion. Yeah. So it's not just like when we talk about trauma, when we talk about PTSD, um, we're not just talking about like, oh, yeah, I'm sad. I deal with depression. I deal with anxiety or I don't sometimes I don't like being around people. It's yes, all of those. Yeah. But we're also talking about legitimate, real brain damage, permanent effects to our brain. Memory loss, short term memory loss is one of those things. A lot of the symptoms from PTSD are very, very, very similar to ADHD. And um, so, you know, it's kind of just a reality check moment that I have to check for myself that, you know, we, these, you know, losing train of thoughts, it's funny, Uh. it's cute, you know, it's, and and I know that when we talk about it and when we joke about it and I use humor to, to, um, to uh, reconcile a lot of things that I deal with, but I also never want to glaze over the fact that our trauma and people, the trauma that people have experienced in religion is real trauma. And it's real trauma 
with real consequences and real lasting effects. And that is why we're doing this. That's why we have these conversations because with any, like any other illness, the earlier you start to treat it, the better you will, the results, the better the results of the treatment. Yeah. 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 And I mean, get me on a day where I'm alone and it's like, boom, 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 like mm-hmm. one one negative thing after another and a little slip up like that where I just can't remember what the fuck I was talking about and I'm like in a pit, you know? Yep. Like it's so volatile sometimes. Um, oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, prime example before this show, I was doing my makeup before I was, before I was coming here and I like fucked up on the liner and I was so upset about it. I took all of my makeup off and started all over again. Yeah. And I was like, and I literally had to consciously like work with myself and go over to not get into like this. I was like, like angry depression. State. Yes. Yeah. Like rage, depression, all of it. Like it genuine, something so small, like genuinely was going to, to completely alter I knew that it would affect the rest of my day yeah and it would take yeah. everything that I did from that point on if I didn't check it and that's the kind of things that we deal with on a regular basis yeah like on an absolute daily basis we deal with those kinds of things yeah um uh everything I, I tell people I say it like every single thing in my life from the moment I open my eyes in the morning to the moment I close them everything is difficult Getting out of bed is difficult. Deciding what to wear is difficult. You know, like having a conversation with someone, ordering a coffee, being alone, being alone, (laughs) making food, having the energy to make food, having the energy to get off the off the couch, having the 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 presence of mind to get off my every single thing is difficult, and a lot of that is because of trauma that we suffered because of religion. So it's the the. The consequences are severe, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and Thanks it, for bringing it back to, you know, like a little thing like this is just, a re- I'm, I'm glad that this is being recorded because yeah. it's like, this it's an is, an, yeah, an everyday reminder that these things, however unseen, do have a physical manifestation yeah. and where it might seem as a deficit you know, like our experiences and our perspectives have a, a very real place yeah. in in this world. Like there's yes. there's plenty of space for it. We just, I mean, we're doing it. Well, <laughs> another thing I'd like to mention in this kind of, I, we're kind of veering off the topic, but whatever, it's our show. We can do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of times the severity of symptoms for mental illness is not taken as seriously when the coping mechanism is humor. So when someone deals with their trauma by joking about it, people automatically assume that their trauma is less severe. And that is, in fact, wildly inaccurate. The coping mechanism by which someone deals with their trauma is not an indication of how severe the trauma is. So or how they're doing in that or moment. how they're doing in that they moment. They could be joking exactly. about it and be really, really low. Yeah. You know, Oh, 100 percent or and and like the people who, you know, scream and cry and 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 lose their shit and and throw stuff across the room are not dealing with something less or more severe than the person who's, you know, doing stand up comedy 
or the person who's joking about it or the person who, you know, like, like, like just, or is just sitting there catatonic, you know, like catatonic. Yeah. It does not. Yeah. Like, and I think as a society, I would really like to get to the point where we don't, you don't have to fucking throw a fit to, to deem worth to be deemed worthy of help. I can tie this back into our topic. Oh, good job. Good, because I don't know where the fuck I was going. Great. So ultimately, you can't really choose what you're feeling, but Mm -hmm. you can choose how you behave from it or what you do with those feelings. You can choose to throw shit across the room, Mm -hmm. but if that scares the people out of your life, that's a consequence of that behavior. Exactly. You could also choose to sit and just cry for a second you know like I would can I I don't mean to interrupt you but I do want to but I do want to interrupt you please interrupt (laughs) because I would like to clarify a little bit of that statement which is sometimes because that statement has been is so often used against people with mental illness where they say you don't have to behave like that that's not what we're saying we're no. not saying you don't have to behave like that. You could you don't have to throw shit across the room. You don't have to be angry. Yeah, you do. You have like you can you are not you cannot always choose how you you can't choose how you feel. Sometimes you can't choose the behavior that that creates. Oh my god, we were just talking. Okay, mm-hmm. yes, sorry, go ahead. No, it's okay. I interrupted you. You cannot always choose the behavior that that creates you can choose who it affects most of the yes. time. So I have said this before that one, like I will never have kids because I have severe PTSD and that often causes um, outbursts of anger or I get frustrated really easily. I'm not going to um, expose a child to that. I'm not going to raise a child knowing that that is an illness that I have. Um, I, I know that certain I get frustrated in certain situations. I know that certain things are really triggering for me. So I'm not going to put myself in those situations knowing that I'm going to be triggered and then treat someone poorly. I'm yeah. not going to do that. Yeah. I, 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 I know what my behavior is. I'm not always in control of it, but I am in control of the environment that I, I am in control of what I subject other people to. Oh my God. I was just talking about this with my person this morning about how for some people like physical responses to situations or emotions, they don't have the choice. And I'm, I'm specifically meaning like folks that experience like symptoms of autism where like they have to do a physical Mm -hmm. movement or like, you know stemming and yeah um, like that kind of and that's not i want to make a very clear distinction that this is very different from someone choosing not to take control of specifically their anger issues yeah if they are saying that they can't control if they punch someone that's not true Mm -hmm. i would I'm confidently saying that that's not true, that you have yeah. the control to not physically harm someone. <laughs> if you do, if you don't have the control of whether or not you have to hit something, you do not have to hit a person. You want to hit something? See, but even still, I'm like, there are some folks that are like, that they, they I don't know, maybe we're getting into fuzzy lines of like consciousness a little bit, but there are some 
people that experience violence because they don't know how to verbalize or like communicate their feelings yeah but i think what i'm what i'm trying to avoid is like giving a cop out to those people that are like not yes putting any work into yeah well that's what i'm saying too yeah Yeah. okay okay Okay, great okay great (laughs) that's what i mean is like you like like i say like you may not like violence and anger may be the emotion that arises and your way of dealing with that may be hitting things. It is your responsibility to get the help that you need or do whatever you can. And I, and I'm not talking, I understand also a uh, social limitations, you know, that, the like, difference that, you know, it's yeah. a hard line it's and hard, like distinction. Like, yeah. I it, feel like what we're talking about though, like it's coming across. We're not. Yeah. 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 We're not like we're not putting. I, I will never ever put the responsibility of trauma onto the victim. Yes, but there's Thank also you. there is a chapter in this this book that I read, CPTSD from Surviving to Thriving. I think is what it's called. There's a there is a, a chapter in there that says like just because you have mental illness does not give you a license to. Uh, treat people poorly exactly oh my god yes the accountability is still there you're still (sighs) responsible for consequences you still have consequences you still have choice yeah and my god well you still have consequences like like even if you don't have choice you have consequences so if you if i get frustrated and i say something mean to you right now in the middle of this podcast i may not have done it out of choice, I may not have been like, I want to say something mean to Emerson. Right, yeah. But I still have to deal with the converse. I still have to deal with the consequence of you being hurt and then me needing to have that conversation with you. Yeah. You know, so totally. we're not... We're not... We have mental illness, but we're not free from consequences. Oh and that's the... That, that is one of the most fucked up things about trauma from religion is that we don't even get to have the fundamental choice of being in control of our emotions. We don't get that. We Because we are told that is not something that is in our control. And we were traumatized, which automatically takes that, like, that, that starts degrading your choice yeah it starts removing that choice from you like that's the the thing that like oh it really fucking pisses me off when i think about um the the like this i you know this is an intense subject i don't um trigger warning assault but i will just briefly mention it not go into detail i experienced abuse and and particularly sexual assault when I was a child and the amount of choices that that removes from you in your life people talking about what was your first experience what did you what oh, you know yeah. what did you have what did what what how was it did you like meet someone was it at your prom was it blah blah blah, blah? did yeah. you kiss when did you first get like all of these fun things that you're supposed to experience i didn't get to experience that you know like I didn't, I can't watch horror movies because I'm afraid of everything because of my trauma. Like the talking about choice, like the thing that pisses me off so much about our our experience is that so many of the good choices are also taken from you, just completely removed from your, your life forever. You know, I mean, I, I feel like this is a really appropriate time to bring up 
this topic that choice is a privilege. Yes. Oh, yes. Because I mean, let's let's just take an example of a healthy physically healthy whatever like perfect little household um <laughs> and of of just a child like yeah. a, mm-hmm. a perfectly supported child they are they need they have very little choice to start out with they mm-hmm. have very little choice about what happens what they wear what they look like what they eat like they have very little choice but as life goes on there's an a, an age appropriate amount of choice but mm-hmm. in a lot of ways and it'll you know in this society in every society i don't even know what society supports children making decisions for themselves like thing. Do people childhood do that? autonomy <laughs> yeah. i'm just like i'm seeing it everywhere of just like no child has choice and so of course we're growing up into these angry little like pissed off children yep we're not even adults yet we're yep. just pissed off little children because we didn't have childhoods we didn't have that like opportunity to make choices yeah and the the tie-in of privilege here is that i don't even know i mean I, it's a concept <laughs> that I know is real, but it's something I've never experienced and I don't know how to articulate it. Yeah. Because having the privilege of choice is some a concept that's so foreign to me, I'm not even sure I know how to talk about it. I mean, okay, here here's an example. But outside of like, I, I want to clarify, outside of uh, white privilege, like I under, like I, I am constantly learning about that. I don't want to, I don't want to... Uh, I don't want to muddle the lines between those two things. Like, I'm, we're not yeah. talking about that kind of privilege. I understand the privilege that I benefit from that every single moment of every day. I right, understand that right. privilege for sure. Well, and it's not to say that everyone is scot-free from some sort of privilege. Exactly. Everyone yeah, is totally. affected by privilege. Every mm-hmm. single person has some sort of privilege because this system, this society that we are all in, whether by choice or not, prioritizes specific demographics demographics yes Yes. Mm -hmm. they it prioritizes a very small specific kind of person and Mm -hmm. that does not include queer people that does not include people with limited physical abilities Mm -hmm. that does not include mental health period no it doesn't no (laughs) or emotional regulation Mm -hmm. or anything like that and so you know an example that I want that I want to go to because it's more familiar for me as far as like choice being a privilege, being in a very conservative space growing up, it wasn't really a choice to question my sexuality or my identity because you know we can get into the nitty gritties of like are we born queer, all of that sort of stuff, whatever. However queerness shows up. For you and when. Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. If you experience that, you do have a choice of expanding and understanding yourself in that way. If, but on the other hand, if you are growing up in a very 
in a specific country or a specific place in this country mm-hmm. or you have a specific skin tone and you're you know expanding upon your sexuality like there are so many factors that make layers really layers, like yeah. deep diving into yourself and and then like coming to the point of confidence that you're applying a label to yourself mm-hmm. That could put a crazy target on your back. Yeah. Oh, and absolutely. So, so, like, the Socially, example of like literally, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. a queer person who lives in the South, do mm-hmm. they really have a choice? I don't know. I don't know if I could come out as queer if I was living in absolutely. a place where you could f- like physically get assaulted by being different that way. By I looking don't know. Different. Not even being different, looking different. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it could be. A, a quote unquote male born person with long hair. Like it's that yeah, it simple. That simple. Mm-hmm. It's that simple. And especially like, especially for the masculine side of this world, any sort of like, again, these are very like gendered terms, but any sort of feminine coming from a masculinely born person mm-hmm. or a male born person, I or guess. Male perceived. Yeah. You know, any like... sort of femininity that's coming from a quote unquote supposed to be masculine is just so scary to mm-hmm. this society. It's so, so yeah. damaging and it, and is therefore targeted. Yeah. And I, you know, this kind of, um, oh, it is already almost, it is. Already I know 2:30. what I know we're catching we're up. Ra- real we're going to have to wrap up. Like we're going to have to like, we're going to have to anyways, but that, that this makes me want to mention the con, you know, every single fucking year around June, there's the whole, um, there's the whole argument of whether or not we still should have pride and what pride is and how mm. it's, and how it's like, Who well, I, celebrates you know, I it, fucking what hate, it looks yeah, like. I hate pride oh. because all it is, is just a bunch of, uh, half naked people dancing around. And I'm like, yeah, it is because that's how they celebrate. And, and, uh, you know, uh, one of, uh, 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 a concept that I live, that I strongly try to live by is that there's two ways that that like we really view the world and the world you know there's there's how it should be and how it is and we should always strive for how it should be and react to how it is so mm-hmm. for me yes how it should be is that we don't need pride because everyone's accepted for who they are that's not how it is so for as long as it is not that way then a lot of people need pride they need the celebration they need the party if you don't need the party that's great for you. That's fantastic for you. Don't go. Yeah. But Stay the fuck home. Leave us alone to have. I still need it. Yeah. I desperately need it. Yeah. I've been out, quote unquote, since 2014. I still desperately need to celebrate who I am every single chance that I can. Yeah. And, yeah. And le- like, like you said, having a choice is a privilege and not everyone has the privilege of having a choice. Yes. So when they get to that point where they can, let them have it. Let yeah. them have it and, and, and choose to to be however they want to be and however, you know, wherever that takes them and, and, and in what, th- what that looks like. Please don't dictate for someone else how they're supposed to live their life based on your experiences. Just don't do that. Yeah, yeah. This conversation reminded me of the thing that I was going to say when I was like, one of all that being queer is a choice Mm -hmm. and two of all that you are either queer or you're not. Like it's not that that is a different binary arguably Mm -hmm. and that 
you know, going along with that of like the aesthetic of who can celebrate pride. I, it's a fuzzy line because yes, there are a lot of like hetero people that get to celebrate and like pride isn't really for the queers anymore. That's like a big argument that I've heard, whatever. But yeah, it's this like, and also an argument of there's no like heterosexual pride. So where so like the queers shouldn't get a pride if the heteros don't get a yeah. pride. And it's like, <laughs> OK, but you have the privilege that you get to be like your entire world. The entire world is hetero pride. You, yeah, totally. The he- that hetero is the norm. That anything outside of it is mm-hmm. other. Mm-hmm. That you then are like categorized as a different human just because of this one thing. When again, it's being told that the norm, the default is being heterosexual. Mm-hmm. And but heterosexual is still playing onto that the binary of like yeah. it is men loving women what does that mean what? <laughs> oh we can this is a too deep dive for 230 right yeah, now um, yeah i know but there's like again there's this privilege of like yeah you didn't really like have to question your sexuality but you're still benefiting from being within that like small demographic of people that are accepted for looking and being a certain way Well, it looks like you have some cards there for us. That this is the point of our say, show. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of uh, taking a quiet moment. <laughs> exactly. We we at the end of our show we like to do just a deep dive. And a little something. Yeah. Sometimes that deep dive isn't is into a topic that particularly stuck out to us during the during the show. Or uh, we like to do a, um, a, a tarot or some kind of card draw that kind of helps us to just gives us something to think about. Interesting. Yes. It's very interesting. What okay. has the universe said to us today, Emerson? So I got the both of these cards just kind of fell out. I got which is a big thing when it comes to like, it cards. Is, yeah. It is. Yeah, for me at least, not for well, everyone. Some yeah, people, not for everyone, but it's a general like it's a thing that some people like. Oh, yeah. if it falls out, that's the one I'm supposed to have. Yes, I'm super big into that. So both of these fell out. It is the three and the four of chalices. Oh. So the chalices represent the emotional and sentimental, can you tell I'm reading something? No, The emotional and sentimental state of, I don't know, this deck is a little funny. It's got like many, many languages on it. So I think it's like trying to include many like titles. I don't know why it's called, I'm pronouncing it the querient. It's Q-U-E-R-I-E. NT. I think Quirient. that's like the the um, like the the person who's asking the question. That's the what, question being asked. Yes. The, yeah. The individual pulling the cards. Yeah. Yes. yes. So um, it represents the emotional and sentimental state of the card reader. Symbolically, the chalice refers to the maternal womb, the source of life, fertility, dreams, idle thoughts, recollections, and memory. Hmm. So the three and the four, for goodness sakes. Weird that uh, succession, like uh, consecutive cards. That never, I don't know if that's ever happened to me. Right? This is a very like powerful reading. Um, So the first, so three, the three of 
chalices, my God, um, is abundance, joy, good news, and pregnancy. And it's not all about like physical pregnancy and oh, it's birthing. Very, a, a lot of times that's very, a lot of things yeah. are very metaphoric. So yes. the concept yeah. of new life or, or, or. It's just, not necessarily yeah. about good news about someone being pregnant. It mm-hmm. could be good news about a dream or, or like goal or plan or something mm-hmm. that has been birthed into your mm-hmm. existence or something, you know, like yeah. it's not all the, also limiting. So um, the four of chalices is boredom, tiredness, uneasiness, and lack of stimulation, which doesn't mean a goddamn thing to me, but if it means Does something it? to you. I think it's really interesting that both of those cards together came out where it's like, it, like to me, when two cards like that, especially like if I draw a card and then do a clarification mm. card on top of it, it's usually like a reinforcement or a contradiction. So when there's two cards that are in direct opposition, kind of, you've got like boredom and and, and like like boredom and and, yeah. and birth, you know, together. Like there's some. The, it sounds like conflict. Like there's conflict. There's some, like I look at where both of those two. Um, those two motivations are coming from and where's the conflict that what conflict am I having with it okay so I didn't take this into account because whatever I manipulated the card reading and I shouldn't have (laughs) you didn't manipulate just I did no there was a third card and I didn't take it into account because I thought it was going to be too much to read but it super ties into this it's the fool which is foolishness restlessness rash accent actions, naivety, and frivolousness. So what I got from that is that the thing that is causing this like power struggle or Mm -hmm. energy struggle is the foolishness and restlessness or the rash actions. Mm. Or like, I mean, how I'm seeing it too is like, if like, fuck, I lost my train of thought, god damn it. That like the thing, the the thing that is causing the conflict is foolish, or because of foolish choices, you now have conflict. More of the latter. So, gotcha. so because you're feeling this uneasiness and this boredom, in order to make the good news and the abundance happen, you need to, like act on or like be a little bit more vigilant of the foolishness and the restlessness. Interesting. Okay, cool. That's what, that's at least what I'm sure. interpreting it Absolutely. in my life. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Cause I know it's like, it's a pretty stagnant time right now where everyone's just kind of like waiting for spring, like waiting for that. Like mm-hmm. it, there's like a lot of potential energy in the world and yeah. it's like, we're waiting for something to like start a sprint or to like mm-hmm. start something. And I, I've i read, I've experienced this time between the 2nd and the 22nd. There's something about the numerology of the dates because it's February, February so 2, 2, and then the 22nd in year 22. So it's 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2, 2. That's a lot. It's a lot of twos. Very, dual, very much duality. Right? Yeah. So I don't. I, the numerology is getting me these days. And, and, I, and I feel like it's like there's something is going to start happening this like there is a catalyst coming for this Mm -hmm. abundance and this 
birth, this yeah. pregnancy of something. Like, I, I, oh my God, that's what it is. It's like yeah. this like kinetic energy that's been like stored in us for some time is now like coming to a birth time. Yeah. <sighs> I, you wow. know what? I, what I love about that, like, one of the things I absolutely love about tarot is that, is that, um, it can have like the same card can be so applicable to so many different things. Cause for me, the way how I'm applying that is that there are some things in my life that are in direct, that are causing conflict and they're foolish. Like, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? The foolish things are the conflict. Like I shouldn't be having like, Uh, there are unnecessary things that are causing unnecessary conflict in my life. Interesting. Yeah. And that it's, it's really in direct, things are in direct opposition and really causing conflict and frustration and anxiety that are not important Yeah, and do not need to be important. And so I need to, Oh, you need to restructure your Mm -hmm. priorities and figure out what you want and make choices Mm -hmm. about what you, Oh my God. Hey, you know what? You should turn in, tune in next week because we are going to keep talking about choices. We are going to keep talking about choices. <laughs> I think that's the smoothest segue I've ever done Good in my job. entire life. I'm impressed. As I comment two seconds <laughs> after. Um, this was a great segue. And let me tell you why. But this is a segue to the end of our show. Yes. Um, yes. Thanks so much for listening. Yeah. Um, if you want to find us online, um, uh, I have been editing an episode a week minimum. I'm not caught up to current dates, but it it's it's happening. So you can Tune listen in. to our past shows. Um, you can listen to our past episodes. Uh, we are on Spotify, Google, Apple, and Podbean. Um, it, it, With an it, N, as Podbean. in like a green yeah, bean. B-E-A-N, yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> Podbean. It's the, the app or .com. And uh, it's our show. Is, it's our turn, Queers and Cults. And you can follow us on Instagram on it's our turn pod or you can email us if you'd like it it's our turn pod at gmail.com yes questions suggestions comments anything we love if there's to something you want us to talk about oh my god help yeah, us please, out y'all let us know if you, have a, <laughs> if you have a story like we had a guest last week a, a friend of mine telling their story and it was really lovely and i really want to have them back again because it was like you know two hours is about one one hundredth of a story you know for yeah that kind of so if you have a story you'd like to tell like reach out to us on instagram and follow our instagram um um, and so you can, you'll, I post, I post, um, every week when I get the episode edited, it's usually Wednesday or Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. But we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. Give us your input and tune in. I mean, if not live, like there are plenty of opportunities sure. to catch us elsewhere. Yes, absolutely. But thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks, thanks for being here. Thanks for choosing. Oh. To tune in. Oh. Ah. Good plug. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs>